is this? Call me Simon. What do you want? I want to play a game with Lieutenant McLean. What kind of game? Simon says. What is all this about, huh? If we don't do what this guy says, he's going to blow up another public well, place. why me? What has he got to do with me? I have no idea. He just said it had to be you. Simon says, get to the payphone in Wall Street Station by 10.20 or the number three train and its passengers vaporize. One school will be dismissed at 3 p.m. permanently, unless John McLean and his new best friend complete the tasks I sent them. I'm not jumping through hoops for some psycho. That's a white man with white problems. You deal with it. This guy wants to pound on you till you crumble. He wants you to dance to his tune and then kill you. <laughs> Thank you. Your silence says I'm understood. Where the hell are you going, McLean? I know what I'm doing. Not even God knows what you're doing. There's a guy out there setting off bombs. He calls himself Simon. For some reason, he's very angry with me. You don't like me because I'm white. I don't like you because you're going to get me killed. Congratulations, you're still alive. Yippee game. Okay, well, okay, this is this is episode 155 of Tell Me Where to Turn. I'm not sure if we did two episode 153s. I need to go back and check on that. But there's a very high likelihood that happened. Because as I was doing some cleanup in the old Dropbox today, I've noticed that Die Hard 1 and 2 were both titled <laughs> episode 153. So I'm shocked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, my apologies. Something doesn't work on this show. Uh, you, I am Tommy two underscore zero. That's where you can find me uh, on Twitter, and um, you can find the show at Where to Turn Pod. Uh, you can find me at Glenn three underscore eleven, and you can find me at Point Break underscore Dave. And get this, much like Talladega, <laughs> we're going four wide today. We have a special guest. I would like the music to come on right now and just. <laughs> Oh, I knew gosh. if I knew how to do that, I would. Uh, you no, know, we don't have the technology, but we've got no technology at all. No, we've got Brad C. Yeah, I am Brad C. Yes, from on another Twitter. dumb podcast, which you've been on, coincidentally. Coincidentally, yes. Yeah. Weird how these things work. Yeah, well, I'm glad one of your producers reached out to me and got this done. We got this going. So. Yes, Glenn, finally, 155 <laughs> episodes in, <laughs> contributes something above the Mendoza line. It finally <laughs> happened. But no, Brad, Brad uh, has been following along with our reviews of Die Hard and. He was calling for the ball when he heard Die Hard 3 was going to be reviewed. Okay, I think that's not exactly true. <laughs> this okay. is not. This is how I'm just telling you how Glenn explained it to me. The only reason we're doing this is because of one scene and one scene only, <laughs> and and I'm going to be quiet through the entire time. So we're gonna we're gonna. I'm looking forward to seeing how we dance around that scene. <sighs> well, before we get there, did you have a did you have a story for us? Yeah. yeah so. 
we do a lot of bits amongst ourselves. I mean, if any of our various compilations of group texts were to ever be publicly released, we, I mean, we, we, would, we wouldn't even like go back into our office. We would just send them a <laughs> note card with our address and be like, here's where you can ship my things. But when we were in a professional environment, I think for the most part, we try to keep it on the rails. So I had a guy do comedy on me today, and I don't know if he was serious or not. And that's what I wanted to get you guys' opinion on. It's always the best kind of comedy. <laughs> yeah. So so I work in a very generic office building. Uh, well, used to. I now work in a very generic bedroom. <laughs> And we do a, because since we've been all remote for the pandemic, we do a team call every Wednesday at one o'clock for 30 minutes. And I lead it. And it's much like this podcast. I spend five minutes trying to get everything to work, stumble around my words. We have a few presentations and we go home. So once a month, we do everybody on the team that's celebrating a birthday. Why basically we do why today doesn't suck. So okay, I, I like this. So I had the idea. So when I started, like the team was already doing this. So when I started, you know, it was just like, hey, here, everybody's birthday. Well, then we added the, uh, well, hey, it's going to be your birthday. And then you have to send us a slide of you when you were a baby and we'll make fun of that or whatever. And, it, and it's kind of evolved. So as the pandemic's gone on, I've started inviting people to guest host Why Today Doesn't Suck for our team. And it's always fun. And we usually get some of the people that are the bigger personalities in the office. Well, I asked a guy that's uh, in the creative team to do it today. And everybody kind of puts their own spin on it. Well, he does, hey, it's your birthday. Do you want the good news or the bad news first? All right. And so the so I'm thinking, oh, this is a good bit. Like the good news will be like somebody famous was born on your birthday and the bad news will be some kind of funny joke thing that happened on your birthday. Well, I'm not making this up. So the first guy's birthday is August 1st. And he says, well, you want the good news or the bad news? And the guy says, well, give me the bad news first. And he's like, well, um, Anne Frank was captured by the good Lord. Yeah. And then the next guy, it's like, Oh, um, princess Diana was killed in a car accident on your birthday. And he did the most dark and nobody knew how to take it. Cause this is, this is like a recorded professional meeting and every one of the bad news was something either to do with Nazi Germany or some like tragic death. I mean, I think we had like a space shuttle exploding in there. Oh, this guy's awesome. <laughs> well, that's the question, though. So is, is, is the guy awesome? I don't know him very well. Is he, is he like so many levels of genius above me that I can't even process it? Is he completely clueless or did he actually think this was meaningful information that people needed to know today? Man. So how did uh, he deliver it? Did he? No, he like, delivered oh, it like not your birthdays, whatever. It was, it was like August. it was serious. Like yeah, Princess oh, Diana no. passed away today, and and Dodie Fayed and whoever, whoever else was in that car. <laughs> what was the good news? The good news was just like oh, and you know some I don't remember like. One of them was uh, like an art museum opened. And then the last one, which was, I don't know where he came up with this, was Jeff Hardy's birthday. So, <laughs> hey, where does nice. that come from? <laughs> I don't Charismatic really enigma. Yeah. I, I used to do something similar to that with, with my staff. But it was basically, I, I steered away from the bad news. It was just more people you shared a birthday with. Which I feel like was what we typically have done. 
but but we would yeah, I would pick someone that's really random that someone would know, but it would be kind of odd. And someone that wouldn't really match up with the person celebrating the birthday. So like if somebody's turning 60, it'd be like, hey, you share a birthday with Steve-O, you know, <laughs> as opposed to someone who <laughs> they would probably like or look like or something like that. Oh, I thought you were going to do the uh, in today's Wowie. <laughs> Did I try that next month? You think that would get me in trouble? Uh, yeah. I, um, well, I just, I just started a job. So I had to go through an orientation video, and there was this guy, it's like, this is actually pretty new, I thought it was going to be like an old orientation video, but it's actually pretty new. There's some uh, topical things that happen in offices, like there was a transgender woman. I mean, there was this, is, this is pretty, I think, pretty relevant nowadays, okay? But there was this one guy, Ken, who's just saying all the bad things. That's what your that guy sounds like. It sounds <laughs> like Ken. Ken. He's just, just saying all the horrible things, like hitting on the other girls and messing with this guy who's disabled. So, what does he? Uh, what does he think about Kansas City? Any, yeah, any he, he definitely gives his his uh, opinions on Kansas City, on where it ranks. <laughs> that would be a funny idea if we could lay our hands, because I I've obviously been in a big company, I've had to watch some variant of the same video. That would be a funny uh, watch-along review in real time with us. I, I need to call my HR right now and be like, I need to yeah. find it. Yeah, like, I, 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 would I really, go to review it. It's really inspired by that video. I, I think I want to study it some more. <laughs> one more. I need, yeah. need it one more time. That would that would be a sure way to get you invited back. But yeah. the next, <laughs> the next 45 minutes to an hour, Brad, is going to determine whether you get invited back because... We have gathered here today to review 1995's Die Hard with a Vengeance. And by the way, I was the guy that spent five minutes on HBO Max looking for Die Hard 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Google, what is Die Hard 3? The re real ones, no. Real ones don't have to do that. Yeah, So for sure. I think we've touched on this, but Tommy, you had never seen any of the first three, correct? Correct. The only one I had seen was that random newer one that I think was maybe Live called Free. Live Free Live or Free. Die Hard. Yeah. yeah. So I was in the same boat and because like everything with this podcast is a well-oiled machine, I was alerted very late in the game that we were doing this today. So I was watching this oh. today <laughs> and as I was turning on Skype to wait for this call, I was getting close to the end in the the false finish, if you will, of this movie. I was like, oh, I'm going to make it. And then it's like, nope, there's 15 more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, oh, I clicked, you know, the little time thing at the bottom to bring that up. I was like, how is there 15 more minutes? It's over. So are we going to be breaking news of the end to you? On no, this I, I, I thankfully we were a little late and I got through it. All I got right. all the way through it. So this was released. <laughs> To completion, if you will. Important. <laughs> it was released in May of 1995 and became the highest grossing film of the year, which is crazy. It that said, was shocking to me. I, I saw that today. Released to mixed critical reviews, which was not shocking to me. Well. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but so, isn't it shocking that Toy Story? I was about to say, the more shocking news is apparently this was the only movie that came out in 95. That's ridiculous. 
I would imagine that when you started looking at Lifetime and Global, Toy Story has to have uh, surpassed it by this point. Oh, yeah. Good by Lord. Now. Yeah, I agree, with, I agree with Dave. Apparently, that this was the only movie released in 1995. I mean, Waterworld didn't beat it. So. <laughs> See? Oh. So, we'll get into our, I think at the end, we'll get into our overall ranking of the movie and where it ranks so far in the trilogy i will say as a positioning statement early on i felt like this one was a little bit harder to follow because there were some weird jumps and things that happened in the plot that didn't make sense and as i'm as i'm taking notes i'm i'm going wait well, wait a minute how did we get from here to here maybe maybe they went ahead and just cheaped out on the uh continuity team for this an action movie tommy just calm down like this <laughs> no is kidding so it's like Academy award winning they're not trying to do that this is movies for guys who like movies that's all it says <laughs> one next movie they just did away with the plot entirely so they didn't have that problem this was the departure from the first two he's essentially working on his own to beat the bad guys but from now on it's with a sidekick through all the other movies that they make in this series. And boy, yeah. did oh, it was just movie. him and Officer Powell again, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> see, I see what you're doing there, and I don't appreciate it. Why, I'm not kidding. And this is why he uses a fake name. The movie <laughs> if you weren't, if you weren't, if you didn't know you were getting into an action movie, the movie starts off in a crowded New York scene, people everywhere, cabs, they go out of their way to make sure you know it's New York, which I appreciated. They do it in a weird way, though. They do it by just showing the Empire State Building over and over and over <laughs> in the little landscapes. Like, you got the Statue of Liberty, you got Times Square, make you have sure a few that... other buildings that will go unnamed, but there's other things you could show. And then out of nowhere, kaboom, the entire bottom floor of a department store just. Which is never really mentioned the rest of the movie. That's true. Like hell, how I, many people? I mean, he died. Yeah, how I many people in Metropolitan for the first plane in Die Hard Two? Exactly. <laughs> it's like it never really happened. Well, like, it's probably it again. It probably again be a an explosion where like somebody's pacemaker stops or maybe somebody's <laughs> you know water breaks. That's probably all that happens. That's all it is. All it is. <laughs> So we you know when explosions happen, that's what happens. So we cut to the New York police station. It is not as busy as airport security at Dulles, but it is pretty busy. And lots of action, people being ordered around. And then there's a lady that is just insistent that the uh, commander of the police station, he's like, you have to take this call. You have to take this call. And yes, it is the bomber. And immediately, I'm like, this guy sounds exactly like Hans Gruber. <laughs> like, immediately. All right. And I'm trying I did to not get that. Oh, no, no. That's the first thing I wrote down. I was like, they've figured out a way to bring Hans Gruber back from the dead. Like, this is what they've done. I'm, I, well, given I was watching the first part of the movie on my phone, but my note is, Terrace calls in. He's using the name Simon. He's obviously Asian. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. <laughs> wow. 
I was wrong. This is spoiler perspectives for this movie. I'm I'm so lost. Yeah, that's that's not a direction I've ever heard. I was like, before. hey, it's Scar from Lion King. That's all. <laughs> well, we were all over the map here. Yeah, he calls in and he wants McLean, who was very quickly revealed is on suspension. Oh, things have not gone well since Die Hard Two ended. The marriage is over. Back. To New York, right? I was confused. Yeah, so he, he, so he moved back. Out. He's now with NYPD. They haven't explained why yet. And the bomber says that he, they have to find McLean, and McLean will do exactly what he does, or he will continue to set off more bombs. So we've, we're a few minutes in, and we've set a. I'm in. I'm in. I'm hooked. This is interesting. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking about the redneck scene coming up here. I'm like, yeah, no, so it. <laughs> Well, well, they, yeah. well, they have to track him down. Yeah, so like they, they, find, they send their guys looking for McLean, and they find him. Um, he's drunk. He, I mean, or he'd been drunk. He's clearly hungover. He's laying on the floor of this police van while they're trying to get him somewhere. He's, you know, wanting aspirin. He's babbling about his wife from the previous movie. And you can you I mean he's been suspended, so you can tell uh not things aren't going great. But they haven't really clued you into what's going on. In fact, the first time you see him, he's already in the van and you're like, okay, they picked up somewhere. Yeah, they're going somewhere. (laughs) He when they get to their destination, he's like taking off his shirt. Oh yeah. Down to his boxers. There's also a weird part where he's clearly taking off his pants but you think he's gone Neck, full yeah. nude you think yeah. he's tackle out because the woman kind of gives him this hey and <laughs> he makes a comment about you know you're the first person since my wife which is another clue that mclean doesn't get physicals very often <laughs> she, she's he the first one to see him like that i don't think he's guy. concerned with yeah with self-help <laughs> They comment several times that he just smells like beer and that he hasn't <laughs> taken a shower in several days. And he's wearing the same shirt as from the first movie. But hey, the man, we got to go to work, man. It's amazing. It. So they, 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 they've now kind of, they've kicked him out of this van. He's, they've established he's in Harlem. He's in a bad part of town. He's shirtless in his boxers. He's got some kind of a cardboard sandwich board over him and he's wandering around the street but they haven't revealed the bit yet no so when they I, were showing this scene did you think were you looking for the mighty sharp barbershop because it looked like that exact same set did it not i know it's queens in harlem but well i mean mcdowell's might have been close by <laughs> Although that would have been a nice tie-in <laughs> Die Hard 2. Yes, under new ownership. Oh, that clicked on me for a second. I was like, what are you talking... Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> hey, you got to... I'm the younger one of the group, sorry. Brad, you've got you've to gotta think fast to keep up with this group. <sighs> Man, y'all are on fire. <laughs> so it just goes back to either Over the Top or uh, Coming to America. So as long as, as long as you just go one of those... I just points. watched Over the Top for the first time the other day. So, wow. wow. All right. Yeah, no, actually, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. They cut to Samuel L. Jackson, who apparently in 1995 is older than he is now. (laughs) Zeus. Oh, my gosh. And they revealed his name was Zeus. But but they revealed it that the guys were getting his attention and they were saying, hey, Zeus. 
so, so John McClane thought his name was Jesus. And he's like, what is that? Zeus ever? <laughs> it's Zeus. But yeah. So, question for Glenn. Who of the movies we've reviewed on this podcast, which Zeus was a better actor? Samuel L. or the guy who couldn't realistically lift weights and no holds barred? I think Samuel by a slight margin. And he didn't... Um... Zeus didn't ever actually utter a line, so it may it may not even be the uh, whole Bard Zeus. Yeah, he never. He uh, never. Yeah. So so we're roughly at the ten ish minute mark of this movie, and the sandwich <laughs> board is revealed, which says what, Brad? <laughs> I will. I'm gonna sit out at this part, and y'all uh, have fun. I gotta go. I gotta go to the restroom real quick. Yes, he pushes just, away. Carry on. So I was under the impression by Glenn that we may be getting an edited version, but the version I, I watched was not. No, it was not. No, and HBO Max did not appear to feel the need to edit out any parts of this movie. Because I looked for, um, I did a Google search for some Whoa. sandwich board. <laughs> what? <laughs> to see if... Uh, if someone had doctored the sandwich board just to say something funny that was not what was in the movie and try to use that as, Hey, here's what they, you know, changed it to. But, uh, I didn't find anything, but I, the only thing I found, it just said, I hate everybody. So I was like, you know what? I bet they went back and they made this movie and they just Photoshopped it or whatever. And, uh, yeah. And they, I don't want to say they sold out. That's a bad way to phrase it, but, they stayed true to the original script, and it was as shocking today as it was those many years ago when I first saw it. you know how it. long it's in the film? I mean, it's like literally a second, two seconds in the movie, and it's still just the most, the thing that, I haven't watched this movie in a really long time, and this thing burned into my memory <laughs> forever. So, and I also want to speak upon the other racial components of this movie that is, that is outlined through the entire movie. And by the way, I know y'all are jacking around about Samuel Jackson. This is a movie that I fell in love with this guy. I he's know fan- hey, he's fantastic. Amazing. I felt when he's over there telling his his nephews about going to school and uh, who who do we have take care of us? Who do we not have take care of us? I was like, <laughs> yes, Samuel. <laughs> no, he was fantastic in this movie absolutely so do we uh, feel like his racial opinions were trying to be disproven in this movie where now today they're like no actually he's pretty spot on uh, i don't know exactly I, that is kind of weird because he's he seems more uh he's a ahead of his time in this movie oh yeah but uh yeah i i just want to say that this is this is actually the first diehard that i have i watched whenever i grew up I didn't watch Die Hard 2 or 3, or 2 or 1. I, I watched this one first, which is weird. Wow. Yeah, I know. And then I watched the first Die Hard, which I loved, and then I never watched the second one. I got, I got two. I'm good. I don't need to watch the second one. second so. one is worthwhile. It is. Well, I, I watched it after listening to the podcast. Oh, okay. And it's, it's – this is what I love about these movies. I, I can't believe we don't – I don't feel like we make these movies anymore. Where it's just, do you want a great, you know, I'm over here, I'm like, I want a great uh, 
you know, screenwriters and nah, nah, nah. I'm like, screw that. Just blow some shit up and just <laughs> I just go crazy. Yeah. Right. That's what's great about this movie. And great I, about Die Hard 2 and you know. Sorry. I, I'm sorry, I'm derailing the podcast a little bit, but no, you're good. Man, I'm with you. You know? I'm with you. Hey, we had you on for your passion. If we wanted <laughs> if we wanted somebody with no passion, we would have just had Dave on. Okay. I know. I'm here to bring it. Yeah. I'm here, guys. <laughs> I didn't know what the sign said until it was revealed in the movie. I've heard Glenn reference it, but I've I just never bothered to investigate what it was. So I I I definitely had the uh, had the I did have the headphones on just in case there were small ears around and and yes I was uh, I was quite shocked. So uh, apparently the point of the whole exercise is the uh, Simon's trying to get uh, McLean either killed or beat up or just mercilessly troll him. Samuel L comes out of his pawn shop and doesn't necessarily defuse the situation, but helps McLean escape in a cab. He later explains he didn't do that because he cared about McLean. It's because he didn't want a bunch of white cops showing up in his neighborhood and shooting people. And I'm like, this movie was way ahead of its time. Yeah. <laughs> was he wrong though? Come on. No, he's, he's dead his, on. His logic throughout this whole movie never really is is anything I could take uh, take any kind of uh, complaint with because he is everything he says is spot on. Now, the next scene is what I think is probably in a movie that is obviously sensationalized. This is the only scene that I think was extraordinarily realistic. Hold on, are you, are you being sarcastic right now? No, I think I think you know we don't have accurate depictions of police work until the guy from the bomb squad busts into the, <laughs> the chief office, throws yeah, the sarcastic. live briefcase bomb down on his desk, and then demonstrates inside the police precinct how it blows up by taking a small amount of the explosive and detonating it on the floor of the police department. I feel like that is exactly what would happen in a police department. He's an expert. You got to trust him. You got to. One thing I did want to point out that we missed is during the sandwich board scene, we had taped a gun to our back again because <laughs> that must happen in every diehard movie. <laughs> Just in case he needed it. And fingers crossed that none of the crowd that's gathered Grab stands that. on on the back side, <laughs> they're all going to stand on the front. Maybe, maybe it said "I love" on the back. I don't know. I don't think that would have helped. <laughs> just adding a different phrase would have been like, "Hey, yeah." Guys, it's not hey. The back just has like "JK." <laughs> what do we think? What do we think Gary Patterson thinks about that scene? Is he against it? Probably like just he he would be like on this podcast just saying it over and over how much he's against it. I have Look, a, not walk around with a sign that says that, I have a, a yeah. friend that I mean it's obviously a pretty common name, but named Gary Patterson and man, I was just like tweeting him all the headlines. I'm like, dude, like come on. <laughs> all right. Twenty twenty, gotta cut that cut that out. No, I did write out, write down that Charlie the bomb expert is hilarious. <laughs> just... Oh, I'm a big fan of his work, but yeah, I feel like taking the live bomb into the uh, chief's office. That's that's probably uh, 
probably a step too far even for Charlie the Bomb Guy. Yeah, boy, well, they weren't. It hasn't mixed. Yeah, they weren't concerned at all because he talks later about well, they could you know they could detonate this by remote or by phone or whatever, and they're just like, well, we think this one's okay. We're just gonna... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. I'm glad you said that, Brad. They do point out a unique characteristic of the bomb, which is that it has these two different liquids in different cylinders. And when they combine together, that's when it forms the extremely, I guess, potent substance that, that as you mentioned, can be triggered by literally anything. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, what is it? Uh, I guess, racing fuel and fertilizer separate. They're, they're fine. You put them together. A federal building falls down. It's just Yikes. a classic West. That's where we're going. Yeah, or... Uh, and well, once again, I, I hold I my two uh, podcast partners liable for Oklahoma City bombing because they were there in Ennis, Texas, the day that they purchased the racing fuel and they did nothing to stop it. Yes. <laughs> Timothy McVeigh and I may have crossed paths that day. But I did not him roll the drum out and load it into his truck. As far as I know, I don't, I don't know. That. I don't know what episode, but it's been referenced now. I, the over under is about five and a half. The uh, Simon calls back in, and he wants both McLean and Samuel L. Zeus on the phone. And this is when this is when I knew this was going to be a good movie because as soon as Zeus gets on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the he's in the middle of the police station. He's supposed to be this like I guess mild mannered pawn shop guy. He just starts letting uh, letting Simon have it. He tells him to take his well laid plan and stick it up his ass, <laughs> <laughs> making Simon so mad that he hangs up, which is amazing. Like Zeus doesn't care about anything. Like he he doesn't care about bombs going off in New York. He is not That's white people problems. That's right. Oh, that's why people problems. And the, the police chief gets real mad about it. And my first thought is, well, you did let a civilian on the line with the guy you're negotiating with. So maybe uh, look in a mirror here, pal. I agree. <laughs> so th this is a terrible plan the police come up with. Simon obviously calls back. He wants them to get to a payphone that's a long distance away. Or I guess not yet, but he wants to get to a payphone. Uh, and they're just like, yeah. Let's do it. Let's get the civilian that's got no training, that's just already proven to be a huge loose cannon. He he's in. We've got our suspended cop. We're just going to redeputize him. Toss him his bag. He's back. pretty much drunk. Might as well <laughs> just give it, give the gun back. Yeah, get him his get him his sidearm. They uh, they go to this, and this is going to be a theme throughout the movie: is kind of them racing to different payphones and in, in time to to take the call from Simon. There's a very large woman on the phone. <laughs> I and thought again, that was funny. talking about things that probably wouldn't be said in 2020. Uh, the police uh, that's uh, kind of doing the stakeout says, "Yeah, we've got a problem—a 300-pound one, <laughs> a bit of an ob obstacle. Like how big?" And he's like, "Oh, about 300 pounds." <laughs> you don't think that'd be said today? Of course, that would be said today. You, you turn around and McLean has a new sandwich board that just says, I hate fat people. 
it's genius. <laughs> it's genius. They uh, uh, Zeus comes in and just shuts her down too. So I mean, he's I mean Zeus is. I mean, he's not doing anything halfway. Like, if if he's going to commit to this this white people problems, he's gonna he's gonna go all in. He shuts it down. The phone rings. Um, we get a uh, a riddle. So so this is this is kind of annoying to me. I I found this a little bit annoying. I felt Simon's dialogue was just a little too cheesy for me. In these riddles, it just it was just all felt like forced. Kind of felt like a bad version of Hannibal Lecter. In my mind, yeah, yeah, and and the whole thing with the riddles and sending them to the different places. In the end, he was just stringing John McClane along with the idea that he wasn't going to be able to solve one of these, and he was just going to blow up. Like yeah. the plan wasn't really, and we get to that eventually. But that's the other thing; he's just playing a game with him. The other, other real plan is totally two totally different plans, totally different. Okay, then I have a question. So, what if he just gets just shot in the face with the with the sandwich board. What do we do then? We don't have a movie. <laughs> well, <laughs> I get that, but I had that exact same thought. It was off without a hitch, but we don't have a movie. Okay, I'm just okay. I mean, I, I had the same that. thought though. As we move forward, the the next bomb that detonates was going to detonate no matter what happened, and they were going to go forth with the rest of their plan. So even if McLean gets popped at the corner of 120th and whatever from then on, it would be the same for them. They just, just be done with like, the claim. It just feels like with this heist, it seems like there's a lot of ins and outs of the, of the operations. And then you have a side journey over here because he, he let your brother slip off the 30 yeah. second window. So I don't well, know. I had the Why same make it thought. so hard for yourself? Well, I thought, like, uh, I guess we haven't revealed, but Simon, the bad guy. Oh, oh, sorry. No, I don't know if we revealed it yet. <laughs> Jeez, I ruined this podcast already. No, I think we did say it in the beginning. Oh, yeah, we did. Tommy said he sounds like Gruber, but yeah. I guess my, my, uh, my thought was, same as Brad, is if either he, you know, blow, or gets killed in Harlem, or he blows up on the train, like... It seems like both one of those two should have happened. He should have never made it past the train. So I always wanted the the scene with Simon like trying to quickly scroll out like a third riddle. Like oh, I didn't think he was gonna make it this far. <laughs> oh man, uh, it's a bit too smart. Uh, yeah, it's an homage to Die Hard One. He's writing the script as it goes on. <laughs> I mean, they did have another set up at the the stadium afterwards right yeah he had a lot of setups so so yeah i mean i guess he gave mclean a fair amount of credit to possibly get through with it even though he was surprised going back to this first phone call they they asked like the easiest riddle like if you've ever heard any riddles you know the answer to this one it's the one where they give you a whole bunch of misinformation oh yeah, yeah. at the very beginning it's like yeah one guy's doing this and then he then here's a whole bunch of other numbers that don't mean anything and the answer is one which uh, Samuel, apparently, he's very good at those things. He figures it out. They scream bomb. A bomb's just gone off in New York City, and not one person on the street even flinches. <laughs> they yeah, whatever it was. <laughs> Think those happen around here? <laughs> Further proof that that first bomb was, a, those were crisis actors, and it was a false flag. It never happened. <laughs> 
Well, and they, they both they even mentioned that the '93 bombing had happened. So they do. I mean, there, there's a lot of bombings going on. So they both dive on the sidewalk, and everybody just kind of looks at McLean, and then Samuel Jackson or Zeus, uh, he dives to the ground, and you hear somebody say, huh, "Welcome to New York," and then people start <laughs> handing him money like he's homeless. <laughs> I don't even get that. <laughs> Because that's what you always see from the homeless. They're just there's diving all over the place, screaming weird things. <laughs> the next assignment they get is is the one that I think the intent was they weren't going to make, which is ninety blocks in thirty minutes. They immediately commandeer a cab, and Bruce is like, "Hey, the only way to get here, we're going to have to drive through Central Park." And he's not talking about on the road. <laughs> We're talking hated, about five in the grass. I hated this scene. This car would not have made it one quarter of a mile. <laughs> they were beating this thing to death. That engine would have been dead, suspension gone. There's no way the car survives that. <clears throat> Another the cars thing, in this movie are surprisingly durable all the way through the movie. <laughs> yes, we've got, we've got a few more thoughts on that later, as a matter Is of fact. He, when he's going through Central Park, yeah, when he's going through Central Park, is he aiming for the people? Well, everyone seems to be his path. Like they had a group of people standing there just waiting for a car, so they were very, very quick to get out of the way. So that was good. They were on alert. I didn't like that line that he that he said. Are are you are you going for the people? And he goes, (laughs) No. Well, maybe that mime. Oh yeah. All the one-liners and diehards. Oh yes. So he he does he's able to navigate through the park. He gets really close. He has to make a fake nine one one call to get traffic moving. Where he just says like, "Hey, some police officers have been shot." Uh, that's what he goes with. Yeah, always a ambulance one. appears out of nowhere exactly when he needs it. We also it, in it, the traffic jam we have the classic movie thing that drives me crazy. I've been in a few traffic jams in my life. Never has everyone just started honking the car horn. Every movie, like every car is just like, you know what we're going to do now? Just going to honk the car horn. That, I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to mess with your movie logic because I think you're right. But this is a New York thing, though, because they do, they do run around whenever they're moving into each other. They honk to make sure they a lot of it's because they're jerks. But a lot of it's they go, hey, I'm right here. That's all it is. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I appreciate that because I have not. (laughs) I have not been in a traffic gym in New York. You know, you read about the one percenters, and then you meet Brad, and you actually know one. Hey, I think uh, Tommy and I have been in a traffic jam in New York. Mister Sandwich is driving us. Yeah, to the Mets field. Your line for that was, "I've never been car sick in my life," but that was the closest I've ever been. One second, I had a I had a note here that I missed, um, which I guess they were lucky whenever they found Zeus, is that he's uh, good with electronics. He can obviously bust in the cars, but he's also good at riddles and math. <laughs> it was very, it was very convenient that it they found lucky. him. He's like, I'm good at this. I'm like, you are <laughs> good at riddles. It's like they found the perfect guy for this whole thing, and and he yeah. and he even does later on. He even proves himself more more bold and valuable. Yeah. They, they split up when they get to the uh, subway station. So McLean's on foot. 
he, of course, he pulls a grade off right as the train's coming by. Very convenient. So he can just jump right down on top of that. Like, can you do that? I've been to New York several times, no. bragging montage. But I don't think you can just pull up a grate and pull it and jump on a drill. Train. You need at least a drill. <laughs> I would assume I, that... That would be very dangerous if you could, right? <laughs> of anything, course. Anything before September 11, 2001, <laughs> I'm also willing to believe good, you could do. Also hey, a good point. Speaking yes. of, when that date comes around, you need to have that same guy host your meeting. <laughs> See if he has any. Yeah. Anybody has a birthday there. Do you want yeah. bad news first? I've got like 6,200 pieces of bad news for you, pal. Oh, okay. So, um, every name. The scroll starts running. He's just pointing. John Smith. Sorry, guy. So, they, uh, during the split up, they have the comedy scene where where Zeus is in the cab. The most generic stockbroker ever gets in the cab. More mm. racial stuff. Yeah, lots yeah. of fair. Yeah, some racial stuff. Samuel drives crazy, ditches the car. He's down in the he's down in the uh, station. McLean's coming in on the train. There, he's he's kicked his way into the train, and there is an actual shoot bomb on the train like it's real this shoot is bomb. yeah that's a wrestling term right? no no i've got it i was yeah. just... this is not a working bomb this is a shoot bomb so and, was the one at the station was that a shoot or a work yeah well speaking of who's trying to get this guy to stop using i was gonna say get him off the phone and i caught myself so you can <laughs> He tried to stop the guy from using the phone. And the uh, of course, because now we're adding the racial component in, he's immediately has a policeman drawing a gun. Right. So you talk about ahead of its time. His his crime is that he like jumped the railing or whatever, the no, carousel. He yelled, he yelled at a guy. That's all he did. <laughs> he yelled at somebody. Well, but he didn't pay his uh his fare to get down to the uh -huh. the where the train track was, the whatever it's called. Um by death in New York, by the way. <laughs> exactly. So then when you do that and you're seen raising your voice at someone, immediately a gun is pointed <laughs> to must head. be shot. So. <laughs> the phone's ringing. Back on the train, the two chemicals in the bomb have now mixed, so we know the uh, explosion is imminent. McLean's trying to get uh, somewhere where he can uh, get rid of the bomb. Also, the the one thing that added to it is super. Uh, what was the bomb guy's name in the police station? Charlie. We have his, huh? Charlie. 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 Charlie the bomb guy. The yeah, bomb? Charlie. Good old Charlie mentions like, hey, once it mixes, you don't know. Oh. You know, twenty seconds, minute. We do know this. It lasts shorter than the grenades in Die Hard Two, which are like <laughs> four or five minutes. <laughs> they well, that did add an element. You're like, I don't know when it's gonna blow up. It's gonna happen soon, though. He seemed he seemed calmer than I would be. I'm just yes. saying, the things mixing, I'd be like, I don't know. We're all dead. <laughs> no, that's not what happened. So Zeus answers the phone. Simon tells him it's too late because McLean's not there. The bomb's going off. 
McLean at the same time is getting the bomb just barely thrown out of the back of the train as the train hits a tripwire. And it's then when I realized this bomb was going off anyways because the tripwire was already there. There's yes. no way Simon can deactivate that. So so now my radar is up that, that there may be something, some there may be some shenanigans afoot. Well, the train explode like the train doesn't explode but the explosion happens behind the train it partially derails there's wreckage coming through the train station and then mclean's just laughing just um, right out of diehard too amazing just train wreck maniacal laugh yeah there's um, five people dead next to him he's like <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's just oh he's just dying they also have the uh zeus kind of saves the cop that pointed the gun at him pulls him out of the way very classy move Zeus is Zeus is classy throughout this whole thing, and uh, he. Well, this is the great scene that Brad mentioned earlier. When hey, it's just a pacemaker. The lady's water broke. I wanted the scene where you know one of the bad guys goes to Simon's. It's like, hey, great news, we got a pacemaker. <laughs> Get the mission accomplished, banner. <laughs> We've done it. They blew this huge hole in the ground in the subway station, but somehow in the crowded platform, everybody's fine, except for the pacemaker and the water breaking. That the, was the most, I want to say that's the most unrealistic thing in this movie, but someone should have died. Just yes, honorary. Yeah. There should have been a death or two. Well, they should have had, the pacemaker guy should have died, but then the woman's given birth, so it's a net, net zero. There you go. <laughs> well, I mean, the back of the train hijacked so once it does that, it's go, uh, it's on the platform. There's not enough room for anyone to get out of the way. Like everyone is going you, to be crushed by did that. Did you say hijacked when you meant jackknife? <laughs> I meant jackknife. Yeah, Diesel would not be very happy with you right now. But there was a bomb on it, so technically it was also hijacked. <laughs> Go ahead, get get spin control out here. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep drinking. That's all I'm gonna do. They uh, they get out of the subway tunnel, and the FBI's there. There's this other agency that's referred to that they're being kind of mum on who they are. They start showing uh, McLean pictures of bad guys, and he's just being like a real jerk about it. Just being real sarcastic, you know, and I'm like, man, the, they just blew up the subway. You know, you could at least look at the FBI's pictures. And then there's this guy in the back, and they kind of keep showing him, and he's not talking. And then finally, he reveals that one of the guys he's looking at's name is not, and I is not, I don't recall what they said his name was, but his his uh, his birth last name, his shoot last name was Gruber. Right. And his brother, yes, was Hans Gruber. And then I knew it. I said, I knew I knew they were tying this back to Hans Gruber as soon as I heard that Chinese accent at the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so, such a strange review of this movie. This is, um, yeah. <laughs> Gruber calls while they're all in the van, and this is, this is when things get real. He says, like, look, there's 2,400 pounds of this goo. I mean, that's, I don't know what, that's got to be like enough to blow up like a block. And I've put it in one of the, you know, however many hundreds, thousand, whatever school. That would be 3,000 shares that he could make move up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I like I don't it. Know. I don't know. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> <laughs> he hates me. <laughs> 
it's in a school and they want McLean and Zeus to get to a phone in Tompkins Square Park, which, by the way, Glenn, it's a Mumford and Sons song. It's good. Oh, is that right? I'll be sure to. Uh, I, rev- I, I got a, I a few a- other things to listen to before then, but then I'll I'll get there. I reviewed a Mumford and Sons concert for this podcast one time. Yeah, it's the lowest episode we've ever had. Let's say, what episode is that? So I won't listen. <laughs> but at least you. I know what the theme song for this episode is going to be. Uh, that, that makes that easy for me. In this, in this particular sh- uh, diehard, it seems like the FBI is going to be cool. The transit cops are going to be cool. Everybody seems uh in it together they're gonna they've kind of made this plan where they're gonna all just go try to search as many of the schools as possible to find this 2400 pound bomb and uh it doesn't seem like anybody's trying to posture to take over no uh that guy from the second movie the real jerk chief from the the airport nobody like that in this movie chief lorenzo (laughs) i I wasn't on that review last week but he was great in that in that movie Chief Lorenzo, yeah, he uh, he's a guy just saying f bombs in every <laughs> sentence. Um, that role they, was already taken in this one. By yeah. Zeus, <laughs> that's right. So Gruber's up on the roof watching all this, sees them leave, and then he immediately <laughs> turns and says, "They bought it." Then you know, and then you know the plan is afoot. Uh, and are, on- are we? Are we to the? Are we? Are we getting to the jugs? Riddle. We're not there yeah. yet. Close. <laughs> okay. If you can explain that to me, then you'll be the first to be able to explain it to me because I didn't understand that. Dude, uh, go ask Bruce Willis. He won't be able to explain it. To you. <laughs> yeah. So here uh, we'll, comes, we'll get there. Yeah. I've got it worked out. In unison, not you know the smoke is not even cleared. All of the aforementioned. Well, I guess we didn't say that, but there was there had been a report of a bunch of stolen dump trucks. Here they all come in a line right up to the. Uh, they did what? Yeah, the line. They, I mean, yeah, a line. Weird things in stress, but yeah. who does that? That's ridiculous. They uh, they show up. They've got an enormous crew of henchmen. They're all. Uh, they've got construction workers. They've got guys disguised as stockbrokers. But they're all kind of walking in unison, which I feel like is a common theme in all these diehards is these march of the bad guys, like when they were marching out of the hotels with the presents, when they were marching into Nakatomi. Yeah. Now I've got like the village people walking up here yeah. with their construction outfits. Well, this this uh, MacGruber brother, not, uh, not as diverse. He didn't play with the Rooney rule for his, his crew. It's true. You think they would be more progressive in '95? Yeah, you would, especially yeah. as, as progressive as they were in the first two. Uh, no, well, it was Matt, the oh, Aryan nation for sure. By the way, let me just mention also the second, uh, the last podcast. Y'all didn't mention the weird hand that y'all missed. And did the, you guys see uh, Brad's tweet about that? I saw it. Yeah. No. Where the the black guy when he's grabbing to get the present he's like I'm leaving the table and a white hand grabs <laughs> the present and he le- and I'm like who is editing that day that who- is not <laughs> that is not very progressive <laughs> what what yeah okay sorry I'm, no, I'm so the, the 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 bad guys have at least one guy that's a decent talker he's good on the mic. 
he gets himself underground. <laughs> they immediately shoot the uh, cop uh, PR director guy. He's dead. Um, Which one's that? What's that? Which guy did they shoot? Oh, one of the one of the cops that was like the the guy that was trying to coordinate the media, keep them all back, and then he peels off. Oh, you're talking about a guy I actually. I, there's a part where I, I want to talk about because oh. his name, the Ricky Walsh. His okay. name is Ricky Walsh, Detective yeah. Ricky Walsh. Okay. The I wrote down here maybe the dumbest character in the entire movie, and I'll explain I'm... why. Let's hear it. He was in the van when they were talking about who everybody was and right. saw the pictures. <laughs> and those both those guys run by him and he goes, Sounds <laughs> like y'all are just cleaning up uh, Wall Street. Okay. Oh my God, that's oh, right. What a great call. I, I can't believe I missed that. He just that... goes into the elevator with these weird, creepy guys. Oh, this is Otto. You know, you know, who or no, that was a different guy. That was a different time, but you know, just goes along with them and just deserved to die more than anyone in that entire movie. Yeah. And, and they all also all deserve to die for playing their badge numbers in a four number lottery. that apparently also has the number 91. What are you winning that lottery? Is it like either like a thousand dollars or a million dollars? Yeah. I don't under, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand any of that, but you know, there's, thought, a, call back to that later. there's a call back to that later, which we didn't just really discuss, but the whole yeah. lot of, it's a small plot point, but there is a callback to it later. And he had the number 69 in his badge. Number, so I thought that was nice. Yeah, nice. It's well, but it's going to be from a lottery standpoint, you want to do that because that's going to be a favorite. You're going to have a lot of ownership there. That's as true. As referred to in the daily fantasy world. Might have to split that though. I don't so know. That's what, yeah. You might want to fade the 69. Yeah, that's right. It's because you want to find a contrarian number to play. But I was I was looking for my Ricky Walsh uh, part to put in there because he is the dumbest character in this entire movie. Brad, you redeemed yourself. You're back there invited. You're invited Yay. back on the show. <laughs> so what You've was Simon's, Simon's fake name? Was was it Bob Thompson? <laughs> like with the city of engineers. Oh yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, the Very fake, fake. accent. Yeah. So the bad guys are clearly they've got equipment. They're they're about to do some heavy tunneling and some heavy petting. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to you later as well. Uh, inside the bank, after they've executed uh, Walsh, the dumbest cop I've just learned. Um, the last remaining living security guard. This guy, if he's not on the medal stand for dumbest cop. He gets his hands on a better weapon. He's all by himself, and then he just starts indiscriminately firing everywhere. By the way, uh, did anybody count the shots? I I, lo I lost count of the shots, but maybe 10 out of yeah. a shotgun? Yeah. Way too many for a shotgun. Yeah, and, he, and he's just... He's Three, just maybe four. Okay. Into, yeah, into the air, and the... Crazy woman bad guy, China bad guy. Sunny. She has some kind of yeah. curved blade. And she comes in and like takes this guy out in the most athletic ballet moves. And she just keeps slicing him until Gruber's finally like, all right, I think he's dead. <laughs> I think we could stop now. She loves blood too. Yes, like, yeah, yeah. It didn't affect her at all. 
Yeah. Does she say anything in this movie? Does she have a single line? I think she screams at the end when she shoots her gun at. That's it. Yeah. I don't know if she did or not. That's a good point. She definitely had some grunts. A lot of grunts and... Yeah. Mm. So... Gruber's right in the middle of this, you know, so they've got this guy, he's been knifed, there's blood everywhere, there's, they're boring inside of this, this federal reserve that they've broken into. Meanwhile, McLean and Zeus are over at this park, and somehow, Simon just has this amazing internal clock that he knows the exact right time to call the payphone while all hell's breaking loose, and he's in the midst of it. He doesn't yeah. even have an iPhone. He has to yeah. get a real phone. He didn't have an alarm set or anything. It's amazing. He could have done like he could have used, you know, scheduled tweets or something where you can just kind of pre-plan it and just kind of have it fire off at a time. Like that cool. would have helped. It would have Or just another generic German guy to just make his phone calls for him. Yeah. Out maybe outsource it to Charles. <laughs> <laughs> So at Tompkins Square Park, there's another bomb. And we are now going to stop this podcast and we're going to do an entire another podcast about how they defuse this bomb. So I do not understand what happened. Did, did anybody else draw a five gallon jug next to a three gallon jug and try to figure this out? Did you not go to Walmart and just purchase your own and try to do it yourself? <laughs> So, so only, for those that haven't way, seen the movie, the parameters right. are very simple to disarm this bomb. You have to put on the counterweight exactly four gallons of water. They give you very little wiggle room on either side, I think an ounce. They've provided two empty containers, a five and a what, two or three? three. A three. Five, five and a three-gallon three. jug. And they have to somehow fill one of those two up with four gallons of water. Right. Yes. So, okay. Well, I just got hijack and jackknife mixed up. So I'm trying to think of if I can I'm explain. About to say, he's our leader in the jugs. <laughs> so go for it. So you fill up the five gallon and you pour it into the three. So now you have two in the in the five gallon jug. And you then yes. you pour out the three. Okay, hold yes. on. And okay, then, no, I've already lost. No, no, no. So you, you, now you need have the two. third jug for this to work. I'm telling no, you. No, no. <laughs> then you have you have two gallons in the five gallon jug. You have zero in the three. You now pour the two gallons into the three. Okay, so now you have an empty five gallon, and you have two in the two, three. Two in the three. You then fill up the five gallon jug. Okay, so now you have five gallons in the five gallon. You have two gallons in the three gallon. You you fill up the three gallon. Five minus one is four. You put the four. You diffuse the bomb. Have you lost me at the end? I <laughs> no, I'm still lost. And you kind I of broke up. What happened? Yeah, I'm I'm lost. You still oh. you still have seven gallons of water. I need oh. a YouTube explainer. You you do between the two. You have four and one of them. You only need How one do you of have them. Four and one of them. Because you filled it up, and you you had two sitting in the three gallon jug, right. and you filled up the five all the way up, and right. you had one gallon of space in the three gallon jug. So then you pour the one gallon out of the five, leaving you four, and then you diffuse the bomb. Bloom has it. That's it. Oh, I got it. But I had to draw it and I, like I, think it through. Wow. 
So there you have it. Lynn and Samuel L are the only two people in the world. Actually, I guess McLean. Did McLean figure this oh, one that, out? This was McLean. They had to show, like, oh, I know riddles too. And <laughs> McLean did this. Yeah, but hold That's on. True. So, Stardo, I, want, I, want, I, I don't want to get stuck here, but <laughs> what was the first thing they did? Um, to get it. I what mean, you I, do is you I fill it. So, John McLean wore a sandwich board. <laughs> <laughs> So how do they get the two gallons? You fill up the five, and then you pour it all into the three, leaving you two. In the five? Yeah. Then dump the three out of the three. You put the two in the three. Wait, hold on. Now yeah. I got myself confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got dump it. Three, put the two in the three, then fill the five again, and then empty the one... The gallon that's left. Tommy, I'm going to send you a link. I found a link of how to fully explain this so we can move on. Because <laughs> I was like, I, it works. I need a but it's, it's not really your fault. It, it, it really is the movie's fault because they get into a, another racial <laughs> argument and then it totally derails you. And then they go, oh, I know how to do it now. I'm like, well, hold on. You're just having a racial argument. I got to. <laughs> So I don't usually do this, but I'm just going to read you the exact sentence from my note. It says, they are having a racist argument, but somehow figure out how to disarm the bomb, and I didn't follow anything that happened. Oh, well, by the way, he That's was... what we've just had here on the yeah, podcast. for sure. But... I get it now. I've got it. I've Glenn's ex- explanation, I, I am now tracking. I understand. Now, now, in McLean's defense, he wasn't going to call him that. He was going to call him MFR, but... <laughs> And then he changed his other story. He goes, no, I'm going to call you an a-hole. So yeah. which is it, McLean? <laughs> so. It did It did get a little uh, convoluted there because he seemed to change his story. But, well, maybe he was. I don't know. So they're, they think after getting this one solved, that the next clue, because there was tickets to a Yankee game, that they're headed to Yankee Stadium. And I'm like, oh, this will be fun. They're walking down the street. They see some kids stealing candy. They, you know, say like they're they're getting chased by. Like, what are you doing? The kid says, "Well, there's no cops anywhere around here. It's like you know." So basically, they've turned it into Chaz or Chop or whatever. (laughs) Basically, Uh, Portland right now. Way ahead of its time. This is unbelievable. Uh, and then that's when the light bulb goes off for McLean. And, and unlike the water bottles, the light bulb also went off for me here. I, mm. get, I got that analogy. Yes. It is interesting, though, that the only people that realized they could commit crimes were these two kids. Because, <laughs> like, you <laughs> everyone else doesn't? Yeah. Yeah, you expect the rest of it to be like a, you know, a Gotham City in a Batman movie where there's just, like, crime going on everywhere. It's just like, no, these two kids and then the big heist. That's it. Kids stolen chips and gold bars. That's it. So maybe, speaking of this movie is ahead of its time, maybe there was a subtle plot point of, do we need the police? Ooh. All right. Maybe we should defund them <laughs> by taking all the gold. What a concept. High concept. So uh, I wanted to, because uh, this is a semi-wrestling podcast, I-, I wanted to actually take it off because they they have the bomb that they just disarmed. Uh, they said, oh, we got to, you know, not have, leave it around. Some kid will get it. So he finds these policemen who are also 
I, I don't know. I want to know a head count of how many guys they have because they have a lot of guys working for them. But when you steal that much money, you can afford to pay everybody. Well, you have gold bars. I mean, you, you, yeah. you can have a large, you know, HR is probably having a nightmare, but uh, <laughs> having a hell of a time. Uh, but this is a wrestling podcast somewhat. Uh, there is a wrestler in this movie. Did anybody catch him? I, I didn't. No, I did not. Too. None of y'all did. Okay. Uh Making an a make an appearance in this movie, I feel like I, I I'm really helping out this podcast. But was Ludwig Borga was in this movie? Really? Yes, he, he was he, one of the. So Otto? Azer, no, he was not Otto. <laughs> <laughs> he was as one of the uh, just kind of generic. You'll go watch the movie again, but he's in this movie. Uh, he he's one of the guys who. He hands the briefcase, and then he also takes one of the other henchmen, police guys. He grabs the brief, briefcase, and that is Ludwig Borga, which was uh, a uh, flame-out WWF superstar. <laughs> so, Fun fact that I did not know. I'm bringing it all today. I'm not, I, Man, I, wow. I, I was not going to come on your podcast just half-assing it. I'm here <laughs> to bring it, guys. He brought it. McLean walks into the Federal Reserve. I don't know why he did this, because he has to, at this point, assume things are not as they seem. The uh, security guard, when he's talking to him, his accent changes like four times, <laughs> which I don't understand. <laughs> McLean gets right into the elevator with all the bad guys, and they're all huge. He knows what's going on, though. Yeah, He knows something is afoot, because he's like, that guy sounds like he's Asian. That guy's from Germany. I don't know what this guy's doing. You also got the the mess ups. He says, the guy says it's raining like dogs and cats. And then he also calls the elevator a lift or something. Like it was very much, you know, the. uh, The clues were all there. Yeah. We're all there. Even with a hangover, you should be able to get this. Yes. Yeah. And then to top it all off, he recognizes the badge number. He asked about the lottery numbers. None of them know. And then he just. Like it just happens. Like he just unloads, just just firing everywhere. He leaves a blood. <laughs> pack. Oh. Gun, by the way, <laughs> he leaves a bloodbath in this elevator. Well, when he gets out and he's down below, the uh, he runs into Zeus, and Zeus is like, "What's going on?" He goes, "Hey, go look in the elevator." Like, what, <laughs> what kind of friend is that? <laughs> you want to see the most horrific thing you've ever seen in your entire life? Go look in that elevator. <laughs> what happened? I had a quick question. Why were they there? Why were the security guards there? I guess just to make it look like business as usual. Yeah, just to kind of put up the guys that okay. there's nothing suspicious going on underneath. It's kind of like at Nakatomi. Why is uh, the fake oh, Huey Lewis working the front desk? <laughs> you got to make sure it just looks like a normal day. Well, I mean, getting gold bars out of New York is a long process. So you got to kind of... You know, hold it off for a little bit. But you, you'd stolen everything. I just didn't know why. Yeah. Yeah. So they, uh, there's, there's still some gold bar carnage laying around, meaning there's gold bars laying around. But the, uh, the dump trucks have gone. Zeus, which is awesome, like grabs a gold bar that he's just, he's keeping it. Like he's hanging on to this. They, they grab a car. Uh, they see the dump trucks. I feel like having all the dump trucks driving like in perfect formation. 
like they're doing a, uh, a formation lap at yeah. full speedway. That was not a good idea. Also, did we... I guess it was 95, so obviously with the live free or die hard, they get way more on the tech side of mayhem. But does it feel a little cheap? Like, they're going to steal gold bars, everyone. Doesn't that seem kind of cartoony? Or did they do a focus group after the first movie when Glenn was like, I don't know what bear bonds are. <laughs> and they're like, hey, you know what it should be? Just keep it simple. It should be gold. Everyone knows what that is. A very easily redeemable gold. <laughs> you just walk a gold bar into like a Wells Fargo and they're like, oh, well, yes, sir. And they just start yeah. flipping hundreds at you. <laughs> they're going to go to gold and silver exchange. <laughs> and we got 14 trucks. <laughs> Hit 20 cents on the dollar. To make it now, we have to do Bitcoin. Yeah. So. And it's like Bitcoin's worthless. By the time they get out of there, they're like, oh, shit. We got to ride this way back up. Hold on. (laughs) (sighs) At some point, they steal another car. They have to switch because the Yugo there ends a piece of crap. And Zeus leaves his gold bar in the car. So he does not get to retain. uh, And he's got a phone. This is true. Yeah. Yes. They shot the phone. They shot the phone. They, um, bad guy, Gruber, calls a radio station <laughs> to alert the city to the plot. <laughs> oh, man, what a, what a piece of work this guy was. Just all relaxed. Just can't be bothered with anything. And then here he's got the breaking story. And, and so we had a department store blow up. We had the subway blow up. Nobody bothered to stop any of the schools. Yankee game still going on as planned. But this radio show that probably nobody's listening to, this sets the entire city into pandemonium. Well, in defense, this is actually Elvis Duran. I don't know if you know who that is. Is he a wrestler too? We need a New York expert. Brad came on here to ruin all of our jokes. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I'm here to do and talk about sandwich boards. We do not <laughs> but, want your alternative facts on this show. No, who is this guy? Who is this? No, Elvis Duran, I don't know if he's still on air, but I think he's like one of the biggest radio hosts, like next to like, uh, you would see like Kid Craddock on the iHeartRadio thing. Elvis Duran was like right there, like one yeah, of the biggest. Yeah, just a straight cameo in Die Hard. And just, yeah, I didn't notice until I heard awesome. his name. I go, he's like, Elvis Duran. And I'm like, oh, this is Elvis Duran, huh? I don't know. I don't listen to him, but I know that he's probably pretty popular. Amazing. How's, how's Kid Craddock doing these days? Um, not great. Too soon. Is it? When was that? It has to be five plus years ago. No, I think probably a little more. I was. I'm, uh, I'm, I was I'm going with it. That. Okay, so. Um... The uh, bad guys have uh, so they they they've got the dump trucks. They figured out this clever escape plan, which is they're gonna they're gonna escape through this aqueduct tunnel that gets them out of the city into a place where they I, apparently can load the gold onto a ship. Although those plans may be a little bit of a ruse. Um, McLean has is that. A, is that real? 
in B, should a New York cop know it exists? Because McLean seemed baffled that there was this aqueduct. Oh, yeah, he had no idea what it was. Because he, what he had done, and I, I did skip over this, but he had... Um, he had grabbed... Um, he had stopped a dump truck thinking it was one of the bad guys. It's not. He had grabbed this guy. This guy's more than happy to explain to him about the... Uh, about the whole aqueduct situation, and apparently they were they were working on it, so he took him there to to uh, you know get the pursuit started. But yeah, I mean, it seemed like a fairly big project to be you know completely blissfully unaware of. I I don't know. I mean, that just my opinion. What the the multi billion dollar aqueduct project? Yeah, but I mean, you know, McLean's a drunk. I mean, he can't be bothered with this kind of stuff. That's true. <laughs> they um. Oh, and I, you know, I forgot. Gosh, I, I did forget this. So there was another clue that was passed along about the school. And it had to do with the 21st president that nobody knows. Yeah. And McLean and, and Zeus are trying to figure this out. Uh, and there, it's just kind of a running gag along the way. Um, Zeus goes to Yankee Stadium. There's not really much that happens there, except that they could have taken him out and they chose not to. I think that was the whole point. That, that was the only thing that setup was for. I can't remember. He finds something. It's just like a, a little marble baseball game, and it says game over. That's what it said. The plan was to just execute him there, but yes. since the plane wasn't there, they just they just figured they were going to let it slide because they were really after McLean. So um, the, um, the, the bad guys are escaping down the tunnel. McLean's in pursuit. Um, he... <laughs> He somehow gets a hold of the radio and he's just trolling them mercilessly on the radio while in the pursuit, which I love. Their uh, their plan, the bad guys, is as they're slightly ahead of him, is that they're going to detonate some of this explosive and blow the water back into the aqueduct to flood McLean out. And this is when we get to see. Uh, Probably the first really ridiculous stunt of the movie. He he. Uh, well, we uh, we get the most CGI water I've ever seen. I mean, come on, that's that the best. Bad. This wasn't realistic to you, Tommy, huh? <laughs> he also has an expert. See, now I expect Brad to be like, "Well, actually, I read the <laughs> notes, and that is real water that they." <laughs> He's an expert semi truck driver. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No he problem. 180s that thing, which I'm sure is impossible. Exactly. He gets on top of the moving truck. Like the truck's still moving. He gets on top as the water's bearing down on him, grabs an escape hatch, then gets like geysered out the top. Well, first he hangs on as the tsunami is like, no way. The grip strength is unbelievable. <laughs> Like, he's been doing his, his farmer's carries at the gym. <laughs> and then, if you have, like, a tunnel that's filling with water, it's not like a pressurized line. Like, there's no way it shoots a body 20 feet up in the air. Yeah, and in fact, there's a... And, and Brad, don't, uh, don't disprove me, because this is, this is true. I used to work in irrigation. Uh-oh. There is a... Well. There is a principle with with oh, water flow that it's going to follow the path of least resistance. So if you have a sixty foot tunnel 
the water's probably just going to flow down that and not be yeah. a million feet straight up in the air out of the tiny little manhole. So you Fun think fact he, about he, water. He would have just awkwardly and just kind of slowly floated through the aqueduct as opposed to being shot up 20 feet into the air. And, and the other part that you don't find realistic, Tommy, is that Zeus was just <laughs> simultaneously driving by. <laughs> Wasn't that so realistic yeah. that he just looks over and sees, his, oh, that's my partner over there. Yeah. Just came out of a manhole. He leaves was... Yankee Stadium. He's like, yeah, you know, I'll just drive to the Aqueduct Project. That'll be a good idea. Oh, and there's, yeah, there's McLean shooting out of the ground. It was also my favorite part of the movie. So. Yes. It's the, it's the part of the movie that I laughed out loud. I mean, hard. I love this part. Yeah. It, oh, well, except that other part at the end. I'll, I'll this one you. got me pretty good. The only thing that would have made it better was if uh, Zeus just happened to have stolen a convertible and McLean just like landed in the passenger seat. <laughs> <laughs> As he's driving 60, he's like, hey. Oh, hey. What's up? So, uh They'd figured out that the 21st president was Chester A. Arthur. There's a Chester A. Arthur High School. The cops are there. They find the bomb in this fridge. It has 32 minutes left on the counter. This is the part of the movie where there's going to be a lot of cutting back and forth. So we'll try to keep this straight because they, there's a little bit at the school and then a little bit with McLean and Zeus. So McLean and Zeus are still in hot pursuit. They... Um, are being chased by a guy in like, I guess like a Dodge pickup, the Dodge Ram, the most well-made pickup ever built as we'll find here in a minute. They wreck their car. I don't know if you guys caught this. You can clearly see a cable pulling the car over to flip. I mean, it's, it's like the most botched scene I've ever seen. I mean, you could see the winch cable connected to the roof, pulling it over. Or maybe it was a CGI winch cable. I'm not sure. <laughs> I didn't notice. Well, I'll take no, I didn't report. miss that part. So, yeah, go back and check that out. The uh, Their car flips. The Dodge, they wreck the hell out of the Dodge. There's no way it's drivable. Uh, <clears throat> get back to that. Meanwhile, the school, they've got the kids lined up. The, their plan is they're going to kind of wait until to see if they can defuse the bomb or see if um, see if they can get a code from McLean. And then if they, they're they waiting till the last minute, if not, they're just going to have everybody run for it. The bomb's not a bad plan, pounds. honestly. This is a great plan. There's no way, like, if you get out the door, you're fine. There's I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it might blow up the entire block, but... Yeah, the know. blast radius is minimal on this thing. We're, we've It's in, I mean... Well, it, blows, it all blows straight up in the air. So yeah. as long as you and down, exactly, you're good. Yeah. So uh, McLean and Zeus they get in this completely wrecked Dodge truck and they start driving, and it turns out it's completely fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's been in this severe accident. Just the hood's gone, but it's great. It's running fine. They're in hot pursuit. They. Uh, they get down to where the uh, they think the the criminals are escaping with the gold on a boat. They're on a bridge. The truck conveniently has a brand new winch installed on the front. Like does it have any signs of aging on it at all? They are gonna winch cable down. 
like shimmy across it and drop down on the boat. And all of a sudden Zeus is like, Hey, I got this. I've been afraid of all these things throughout the whole movie, but now that we're going to do this half baked stunt on a winch cable from a busted up truck, like I'm in, I'm going first. Here. Where's the old, where's the old, uh, this is white people problems here. Yeah. He just threw that out the door at this moment. Go, I got this. His first idea is he's just going to jump from the bridge down to the cargo ship. Well, hold on real quick. And this given I was panic watching the last 25 <laughs> minutes of this movie right before the podcast. Were Zeus's kids at that school? Yeah, the, the nephews mm-hmm. were, yeah. So that okay, is probably so why he's That's why more. I think he suddenly got brave. Yes, because he wanted to get the codes to save them. And then yeah. uh, one more thing cuz we're going to pass the school part. Um I looked this up. I was like, is there a Chester A Arthur Elementary? <laughs> And I knew also that in New York City they don't name any of the any of the public schools. You know that? No, no. They name them all P.S. Whatever one whatever. So I looked up the Harlem P.S. Schools elementaries, and it's P.S. Uh, I believe one fifty one and one forty nine is what they have. Oh no, one fifty four and one forty nine is what. So there is no Chester A. Arthur. It was just plot points for the movie. You can't just. No. I guess you could have done a multiplication, you know, riddle, but yeah, it does seem like maybe like the writer of this movie just really liked Chester A. Arthur, <laughs> like that's his favorite president, <laughs> most random president ever. <laughs> they uh, they start this winch situation. The truck starts to slip. It's going over the bridge. They're swinging by the winch cable. Uh, it snap. I mean, it snaps loose. It cuts a guy in half. He gets off a couple shots before. Yeah, that's where I was walking out. I was loving this part. God, just so much going on. Um, they have to. uh, Zeus uh, doesn't particularly like this part. They have to move the two halves of the guy's body. I guess why? so nobody spots why? it on the deck. I don't know why they did that. It seemed like a waste of time. And also, they were like right next to each other, but it looked like the front, the top half went way farther than the bottom half. But... I don't understand. Uh, McLean hands Zeus a gun, and we have the great line of, hey, not all brothers know how to shoot guns. <laughs> he gave him a tip as to how to do it, but he didn't. Include the most important aspect, indeed, which we find out here pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. So, so Zeus is on a mission. He, you know, he wants to save the kids. He's going to find Gruber and beat the code out of him. Um, but as Glenn mentioned, there was one problem with the gun. Safety was on. We which didn't how to get the safety off? Which he tries to pull the trigger, blowing Simon's head off is probably not a good way to get the codes. <laughs> I had the same just thought. Look at, just look at the woman and be like, do you have nope. the codes? <laughs> She's I like, I, I'm a mute. I've not said anything in two hours. <laughs> would it have been a... It uh, like a ballet. It just slices his head off. Would it have been a great callback to Die Hard 1 if he shot uh, him and was like, okay, and now we're on to plan B. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. I would have loved that. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, uh, the school evacuations now started. The kids are running out. 
we cut back to the ship. McLean's fighting the the really big bad guy, stabs him in the leg, and the guy like completely no sells it. This is like Ultimate Warrior, nineteen eighty eight. Like he's not selling anything here. Say like Undertaker, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, right. yeah. He's just he's got the urn. He's sitting, <laughs> he's sitting up. Meanwhile, back at the school, they realize the Samuel L. nephews or cousins or whatever they are are still in there. We get a shame because in the running race, they would have won. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to take myself out of this podcast right now. Brad, we'll edit you out of this. I'm sure. I want to talk. Every time I talk, just just pretend like I'm there. I'm not. Yeah. this is yeah. This is not uh. This is not how we wanted this to go. Here's here's where I need somebody. It's possible. I feel like I was pretty locked into this movie. Tell me, did I miss something here? He stabbed the guy in the leg and no sells it. Yeah. And he hits him with a chain. No, he trips him. He trips him with a chain, and that takes the guy out. I guess it knocks I, him out because he hits his head. There's got to be a deleted scene somewhere. I'm yeah. not yeah. sure because there's not. There's there's not good uh, continuity there as to what happened because I th- I watched it today and had the same thought of wait how did that end again is that guy dead or <laughs> undead what's going on here we'll find yeah. out but hey I gotta it was I, very strange during one of part of those scenes where he shoots by the way there's a lot of times where McLean shoots people and he's like not a hundred percent sure that they're the bad guys yes like so, in the in the uh, dump truck he does that yeah. so. This one guy just goes in German, don't shoot, and he shoots him. I was like, hey, is there a part like where they sell this to Germany where actually McLean is the bad guy and the Germans <laughs> are the good guys? Do they like whatever? <laughs> like they have another they Red like American goes on a rampage. They reshoot the ending is is them just taking off of the goal. Yes. Or are you saying that <clears throat> We're still ahead of our time that it was just trying to portray that if you walk up to a policeman and put your hands up and say, don't shoot, that they'll just blow you the hell away. <laughs> Dude, in, in McLean's defense. It's like a time traveler made this movie or something. In McLean's defense, they are in New York. So it's not like, you know, there's a lot of tourists from other countries that <laughs> might just be Germans that are hanging out in New <laughs> I mean, oh, you're going to be on that yeah. boat. You're going to be in bad trouble right there. I mean, I'm so glad you brought that up, though, because I do remember, you know, he he originally tries to get the wrong guy in the dump truck, but then the first dump truck he encounters in the tunnel, he just blows the guys away through the door without even identifying who they are. I mean, like, good guess. Good he, guess. Yeah, he, he was a thousand percent, but he... Uh, <laughs> oh, in- you're wrong. You just killed, like, you know, Jeff over there. He's <laughs> hanging out, just driving a dump truck. <laughs> Oh, so, so uh, um, yeah. So somehow he's defeated the the bad guy that no sold the stat leg stab. We don't know with a chain apparently. <laughs> um, the bomb squad bomb squad uh, guy Charlie. He's working frantically at the school. The liquids start to mix in the bomb. Oh which yes. Begs the question: Wouldn't this be the easiest bomb ever to defuse? <laughs> Can you just get the hose away from the middle part or Don't whatever? Just, yeah, or just drain one of the tubes. Like <laughs> he was worried about the wiring. Cutting wires. Yeah, Charlie like totally let me down here. He's just there for comedy effects. 
Well, here's here's my favorite part. It turns out the bomb is fake, but they went to the extreme level of detail in the fake bomb to go ahead and have the mixing routine happen. Like, couldn't they just have built a fake bomb that looked like the real bomb and then never did anything? And then it just, was, like, popped out, like, a little thing that said, pow. Yeah, just, but like, they actually <laughs> have it go through the mixing routine, and then it all spits out on Charlie, and he says it was, like, syrup or something. Yeah, like, why is it syrup? Like, why isn't it just, like, water with food coloring? <laughs> no, but, I mean, think about that, though. Like, you buy syrup in 12-ounce containers, and they're, like, yeah. seven or eight bucks. Like, to fill that thing up with syrup, that probably costs, like, several gold bricks. That's a, <laughs> a German guy who had to go to the... I'm taking all the syrup. <laughs> Can you imagine that they were like 14 dump trucks worth of syrup and you know, 300 gallons of syrup, 12 ounces at a time? Yeah, There's all these scene where Otto is just like one at a time, just pouring them in. I'll have this ready by the end of the day, I promise. Yeah. So back on the boat, uh, Gruber's got. He's caught McLean. McLean's basically dead to rights at this point, but he's still just trolling Gruber mercilessly about his brother, just being a, being a, you know, he's just like ripping into his brother. Um, they find out that the plan is now, and, and Dave, this is probably where it starts to get murky for you. Yes. The plan is now just to blow the ship and the gold up entirely. Or at least so they purport that's the plan. And McLean and Zeus are tied on top of a, the real bomb on the ship. They're gonna the, I guess the idea is they're gonna blow all the gold up, put it at the bottom of the sea, and then uh and then and redistribute later, the, the world's wealth. Years later the Pomerinkies come. <laughs> Mr. Gold is gonna show up with the Christine Rose and just start <laughs> filling the sluice box. That's a joke for two people. Exactly. <laughs> Don't listen to the podcast. I'm sitting over here like, what? All right. <laughs> but by the way, great show if you want to check it out. Discovery right. Channel, Bering Sea Gold. Look into it. Um, the uh, Turns out, though, uh, the gold's not even on the ship. Life comes at you very fast when you work for <laughs> Grouper. He's already double-crossed the majority of his crew, or of the portion of his crew. The yeah, gold he's, somewhere else. He's got fake gold on the boat. The chain guy. What I the chain guy who I tabbed was the the German JBL. <laughs> oh, I was I was thinking more like Marty Janetti. He's already thrown him through the wind the window. He's also fair. All right, cool. Well, am I getting along with this wrestling? Michael's then is the yes, girl. you're, you're in. I'm here for the wrestling. Uh, yeah, wrestling. she pulls the trigger. He's dead because he's figured it out. So now her allegiance clearly with Gruber. We're back in there. McLean and Zeus are are handcuffed. They they go through this this painful scene where they have like a splinter of the cable. They pass it through. Of course, even though he can't shoot a gun, he can do everything else. He can hotwire a car, solve Cables. math problems, pick hand right, hit pick. Pick handcuffs. He gets McLean's cuff off, but the uh, the little um, shred shard of the oh, is gone. He doesn't have it. Um, we've got to figure out what to do. So McLean's out. He does what he's supposed to be doing. 
busting the tubes, getting that bomb crap spraying everywhere. And he mixes the perfect amount to then, like, <laughs> thwack against the handcuffs and you make put them too much break apart. And then- yeah, you, you put too much and Zeus doesn't have hands anymore. Yes. <laughs> like, so. he look, he's like what happened to him in Jurassic Park. <laughs> no, I was thinking like Tropic Thunder. Like, just. <laughs> <laughs> he said, hold on to your butts. And the next thing you know, he didn't have an arm. But like Brad said, it's good that they knew like how much it took to blow up one chair. Because then you can just kind of do his quick five gallon jug to three gallon jug math. And. <laughs> Figure out the exact amount. Well, you see that he's already good at that. So yeah. he is. He absolutely is. Well, as they're as they're escaping the ship, I, I mean, it explodes epically. But what we've learned one thing from this movie is, if you are within very close proximity to a blast, you will be fine. <laughs> Just swim down. That's all you gotta do. Away. No danger there. That's the safest place to be in a blast. Is right next to it. <laughs> <laughs> and this was obviously the end of the movie as I thought <laughs> and then I was like 15 nope. more minutes <laughs> was it was basically was a- that the, the bad guys had won and the whole thing was that Zeus was talking to John throughout the movie about he needed to call his wife so at the end it's like hey they got away but we did what we could but he gives them a quarter to go call on the payphone which payphones are throughout this whole movie and I just thought that used to be a thing and think of how disgusting that is yes a New York City payphone how much just chlamydia and who well, knows that's why what we else. probably need them back we need them back because we got rid of them and look where we are now it's true not a bad point <laughs> there we go science right there. there there was a small detail that was left out McLean had asked Gruber as he was leaving for some aspirin and he tosses him an aspirin bottle, which apparently, um, I mean, all my aspirin bottles have the address of my hideout printed on the bottom. I don't know if you guys have that too. Where to go, where my hideout is. Yeah. It just print that right on the bottom of you. It's the safest place to print. Was uh, that the same bottle he had been popping all the whole day? Yes. Cause he has migraines. Yeah. Yeah, That's right. He just has popping. They also use that little exposition in the... He, he suffers from migraines, and that's why he, he was popping the pills. Yeah, popping the pills. This was 95, right? Yeah. yeah. Was aspirin, like, a prescription? <laughs> I know. Like, why is that, like... <laughs> well, why does that have an address on there at all? Yeah. Isn't it weird? Because isn't it also easier to get stuff in Canada than it is here? So wouldn't it, if it was a prescription here, wouldn't it be more likely to be over the counter there? I, I don't know. Wouldn't I'm you, not into drugs. Just, yeah, just maybe if you were going to be in Canada, just go ahead and go all in with like the Vicodin or something. I don't know. Um, but while he's calling his wife, he notices on the bottom of the aspirin bottle the address, uh, which leads the you know causes him to immediately leave the phone. They uh, they're all hands on deck, heading to where the bad guys are. Who are having a heck of a party, man. They're like doing the Formula hold, One podium celebration. Did the, did the address on the... Okay, if you knew nothing about anything, did that address mean anything to any of y'all until they showed the sign? No. Just that it, it was... I think it was in French, wasn't it? So it was yeah, Montreal. Like Montreal, but 
so is McLean that world traveler? He knows exactly where that is. I, I, the that that whole part of the plot just well, sense. in whatever that said, I forgot what it said. I wouldn't try to Le- uh, pronounce I Ligra it. something. I don't know exactly. It, it's French. It's French for five gallon, three gallon. <laughs> so he knew exactly. <laughs> Exactly where that was. That's how he. That's how he cracked it. Sorry, go ahead, Tom. I'm sorry. No, you're. I. This is. This is what we want to talk about. We. This is. This is. These are the details that we need. They're having a hell of a party. They're spraying champagne everywhere. The woman, the knife woman, is drinking a party champagne. like it's Christmas Eve and knock on the tower. <laughs> she is drinking her champagne in the most seductive way possible. She's, She's funny. Just, She's just deep throating the bottle, and and he and uh, Simon he gets the message, so he they head back to, to the to the back room, where he walks in and basically gets zigzagged, <laughs> <laughs> which which everyone kicks out of. So it ended up being okay. Yeah, what better way to celebrate the biggest heist than with some nice sex? <laughs> Like just regular sex, like the most aggressive yes. sex ever. Like just hit her head on the back of the the <laughs> light, just take it, and she's just like, "Yeah, I'm cool." No, they were working very stiff in in <laughs> Well said. Um. So while that's going on, uh, you know, she's she's there's a, uh, there's a, a joke about shooting <laughs> each other in there too. <laughs> It's definitely a shoot. Yeah, so they see they uh, they see a chopper. They see the cops. They know it's happening. Gruber gets in the chopper that they've conveniently brought with him. Somehow flies it sideways out of a building. I don't know how he did that. Very impressive chopper s- skills. You know, on this podcast, we usually only talk about bad chopper pilots. Unfortunately, indeed. Um, Why don't I have a? I have a note on here. Or not, but. Yeah, I had a, I have a had a one note in here. It said almost had a Kobe landing there. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah, I was around it, and then you got to go and do that. <laughs> I can't believe it. They uh, they're shooting that they can't see. Zeus maybe is hit in the chopper. It's hard to ascertain. Um, McLean's trying to draw their attention, running through the parking lot. He. He's got one bullet left in his gun. And they uh, they go back to the well on this one. The cable has been a big player in this movie. Yeah. Yes. So why not let's get a little more screen time for the cable here. <laughs> he shoots the cable. It hooks the prop in the chopper. Kaboom. What does he say, Glenn? Ugh. He says, I hate... No, he says... <laughs> <laughs> Yippee Kaye, mother effer. Yes. And scene. Yes. And Zeus like gives that. McLean a fresh quarter to call again the end. Yeah, that's it. That's wow. It. What a run. What a ride. Just on 10. Yeah. My <laughs> uh, stars. The heartbeat was about 145 a minute through this whole thing. Fantastic. Just awesome. I love this. Let's go around the horn. We'll start with Dave, then we'll go to Glenn, then to Brad. (laughs) Rank them one to three. Ooh. 
Mm. Right. Or I'm I guess out Dave, of the gate here. Dave's out of the gate. Dave barely watched. I, I'm putting. I'm putting two number one. If I can say that more confusingly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just say. Die Hard Two is getting the gold medal. All right, there you go. Um. Hmm. I think I have to go original Die Hard Silver, Die Hard with a Vengeance Bronze. Glenn. I mean, I like the original one, so that one that one gets first place for me. Um, and this one gets second place, and Die Hard 2 is in third, but I think they're all awesome. So, You know, I hate to beat on uh, Die Hard 2. I did enjoy it. Like, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. But it's going to have to get bronze for me. And... I think Die Hard with a Vengeance as a whole is a gold medal for me. <laughs> this is the movie, okay? It's got Samuel L. Jackson. It's got Riddles. I guess that's cool. Uh, it has weird, durable cars. Uh, it's cutting people in half. All type. It has everything. They just don't make movies like this anymore. And now I did appreciate Die Hard too. I'm not... It's not anything against Die Hard 2. It's just I have a little bit more of a nostalgia with two, uh, with 3 and 1. But, uh, but no, 2 is still good. It's a, it's a close close race there. Yeah, no, I, I'm in the same boat. That They were all three great. But I, I actually had the same order as Dave. I, uh, I went 2-1-3. But all close. Well, that's weird. That's weird that you guys would be on the same line of thought. Whoa. As if, as if this line of thought was just related to one another. <laughs> like, 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 weird how that goes. So, By the way, that has only dawned on me when I joined the podcast. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I me just, either. I just, I, I just said that. I don't know why yeah, I said that. Guy. It doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. Do you know... Quick wrestling tie-in because I had to look up Louis uh, Borga after Brad mentioned that. Do you know he was the one? Well, first, did you realize that Tatanka had a undefeated streak for nearly two years, and Louis Borga's who beat him? Yes, isn't that That's disgraceful? But yeah. in both ways, like, why does Tatanka have a that <laughs> long streak, and then? You're like, next big thing, Borga. Yes. We're going with Borga, guys. He's going to be our man. And, and then they did, a, then they did like six months with him, and they were like, he's awful. <laughs> Get him out. That's hilarious. Yeah. All right. Well, we should just yeah. do a Ludwig Borga podcast. If y'all hey, I, I'm not doing anything next week. I'm in. <laughs> hey, his first major victory was over Marty Janetti. We can oh, talk yes. a lot about what he's been up to lately. Yeah, how's he doing these days? Killing guys at bowling alleys. <laughs> confessing on social media. It's great. I still think he was BSing a little bit, but... I definitely yeah. had, it, like in the last 10 days, two different times. The first was Janetti. I opened up Twitter and it said, trending Marty Janetti. I was like, this can't be good. And then like three days ago, I opened it up and it said, trending Steve-O. And I was like... This can't. I thought for sure Steve-O had died, but he hadn't. So. But rest in peace, Kamala. Indeed. Oh, so indeed. And yeah. his enormous thermos. 
I mean, <laughs> why? Really? Small <laughs> I, guess, I guess probably need a bigger uh, loincloth. <laughs> yes. Well documented. <laughs> well right. documented. Well, Brad, thank you for for joining us. This has been very enjoyable. I can't thank you enough, back. guys. I really You're welcome appreciate back anytime. It. I don't even. I, I really doubt that. I really doubt you mean that, but I, I appreciate. I don't even care what Glenn's been texting me the whole show about. <laughs> <you guys. laughs> I'm getting well for people. You know, we're on an audio medium. I, I see Tommy through the whole time. He's just like, I, I don't like this guy. That's all. That's all it looks I get from. Yeah, I'm just, that's how Tommy looks at all of us all the time. Okay. I'm just making sure. I mean, I'm, I, you know, unbelievable. <laughs> see, so, just like that, the most welcoming member of this podcast, and I get treated that way. But no, Brad, thank you. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I think we're gonna have to have some behind the scenes talk about if we're gonna keep this going <laughs> with the next two or not. But the original trilogy has been has if been awesome. On, if you want to have an on air uh, meeting right now, I've stop, stop, <laughs> stop while stop while we're ahead. I mean, I, I'm not saying the next one's not the worst. It's not the worst movie ever, but whatever. I wouldn't waste my time. That's fair. Okay. Well, yeah, this is for this is off air meeting, but we might need to follow that. Well, just, just, don't want just as a fan, I'm going to say, don't do it, guys. The, the last one they made is a definite no. Like, I'm not, I'm not no, rewatching. I didn't even know that existed. It's ungood, is the way that I would describe un-good. it. I, again, I'm not saying the fourth one's not that, it's not that bad. But don't waste your time. Reviewing it, at least. Go watch it. Well, that's our episode on uh, Live Free or Die Hard, right there. <laughs> is this where it abruptly ends? This is it. <laughs>